It's the 16th of March on theconstantinvestor.com. I'm James Brandis, and I'm speaking with Robert Wolford from the Constant Investor community. Robert, you and your wife are both teachers, and you're planning to retire within the next 10 years. Is that right? Yes, James, that's uh, definitely right. Within the next five, we hope. Excellent. And, uh, and what do you teach? I'm a primary school teacher, year five this year, and uh, my wife's a, a middle school teacher, really, of French, years five to nine, ten, actually. And you've both been teachers your whole career? Uh, yes. Um, this is my 38th year teaching. Wow. My wife is uh, nearly the same, but she's had a few years off with our kids, two children, over uh, in the early days, but she's been at the same school now for... Uh, over 20 years, I think, yeah, wow. about 20. So how and when did you guys start investing? Well, um, we, we got engaged in 1981, and uh, I don't know the thinking at the time, but we decided to be, we were getting married in 1982, which we did, so we thought we'd buy a house uh, in the suburb of New Lambton to rent, because we... I thought that would be a good idea if we could actually get in and buy the house, um, which turned out to be very wise in hindsight because it really kick-started our, um, our development, our, the steps into the house we are in now. And um, we ended up in getting married in 1982. In 1983, we then moved to Sydney. Um, we both, my wife finished her teaching uh, Degree and couldn't get a job that she wanted in Newcastle, so we both we both got a job at Randwick. And I was in the primary; she was in the high school. And uh, for three years, and, we, and in that time, we rented the house. Um, the rent virtually carried, covered the um, repayments because during that three years in Sydney, we saved enough money to be able to spend the next year, 1986, travelling overseas the house still being rented so when we came back in 1987 we actually moved back to Newcastle and into our house and during that time it had of course uh, appreciated in value and uh, our tenants uh, had been helping us pay it off which was great. Sounds like you were pretty well set up from the start that's a great beginning. Yes it was very um, fortuitous maybe (laughs) might be the word. (laughs) And you mentioned in your email to me that you uh, started investing in property with your sister-in-law and brother-in-law. Is that right? Yes. My brother-in-law was a, a property manager for a real estate agent, and um, I, get, I suppose we discussed the whole idea, and he was keen. And um, so he found, um, eventually, we built a house, and we bought uh, two older houses in Newcastle, which we did a little bit of renovating to, and uh, the house we built... Um, uh, was when it was quite in a really good area, but uh, the mistake we made was basically, yeah, as I said, going into ha- going halves because their financial situation uh, changed, and we had to sell. And with the new la- with the other one at Lambton, we um, the only advice we got was from the building society manager and it, it, when when our bro- brother-in-law and sister-in-law pulled out we had to sell them <clears throat> and that was a big mistake because it was in a great area particularly the one we built and uh, thinking back now we should have had better advice and somehow I'm sure we could have with that, the equity we had in our home somehow 
done something to extend the loan to be able to keep that one because the rent would have been paying off most of the loan. So they were the ones that so, got away. Yeah, that one, the one on Lambton in particular. But uh, you live and learn every time. We, my mother-in-law lives nearby, and every time I drive by, or well, my wife when I drive by, I say to her, oh, gee, that was a bloop. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying you got advice from the Building Society manager. Was that the only advice available to you at the time? Were there other resources around? Well, well, probably, but we just, um, you know, we were just, my, my brother-in-law was the other source of advice, which <laughs> didn't turn out to be too good, but, um, well, I know I don't hold anything against him at all, that situation. We were very grateful to be able to do what we did with them, um, but, uh, yeah, the I should have had, in hindsight, better advice, and we shouldn't have given in so easily to having to sell it. You had a couple that got away. How's your portfolio of real estate looking now? Well, um, I've always been an optimist and open to ideas, and we were on a family holiday on the Gold Coast, and as you do, you get approached as you're walking um, up Cable Avenue to have breakfast the next morning and hear a little talk on uh, property investment. So my wife groaned, but I thought, well, come on, we might as well go along to it and uh, that's where we heard about uh, the building that was going, this is in 2001, a building around um, Rabina, which was uh, mainly cleared bushland at the time and the uh, lady told us how Rabina Shopping Centre is going to be the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere and so we thought, oh, blow it, we'll, um, we'll go ahead with this and that, was, uh, that turned out to be a good decision because it's been always fully rented, very good rent, and it has appreciated very well. Um, our only regret there is that we didn't grab two. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, and then um, we went back. We went to we got a, um, a brochure in the uh, letterbox, uh, a talk at a local club by property investors. So we both went along, and that was um, another company building, um, basically holding your hand while you bought house and land packages in southeast Queensland so we bought one at Laidley, Lowood um, and then another time at Yamanto. We basically bought at the top of the cycle and they haven't really appreciated but luckily they have been fully rented for most of that time so that's been the saving our saving grace there really and uh, a bigger award is we bought an apartment in a complex which also is devalued it may be getting back. That was in 2008, I think. And um, so then uh, then in 2011 at Bray Park, we built a basically a duplex, and that's um, not that... The value of that one may be going okay, but uh, the standout has been the Rabina, or Varsity Lakes, I think the address is, actually. That's but, a lot of property. Um, you sound like tycoons. Well, <laughs> um, uh, I've been, yeah, my wife is, has been very supportive and looking at the dream of uh, financial freedom and um, being able to not necessarily retire, but uh, just that's making our money work. We're just and for, for teachers, I think um, negative gearing property is one of the, the options um, or the best, I think. 
Are they all negatively geared now or are they approaching positive gearing? Well, well, yeah, the Rabina one would be positive and I think a couple of them, our financial advisor slash tax accountant said recently at our last meeting that um, not a great deal is actually coming out of our pocket anymore. So they are, and that was, we were worried that when we retire we would have to sell them because of the negative gearing and, you know, but now we're starting to think, well, by the time we retire two or three years, they may all be self-sufficient paying, particularly with the interest rates being at the moment, I don't know what will happen next year, but at the moment the interest rates are pretty good and we've been taking advantage of that. And uh, so we're thinking now, like I would really love to, if, if they get back to the value that we built them at, eventually they will, but uh, to sell, to keep a couple of them because uh, I don't like having all my eggs in the one basket. Our super, self-managed super funds in uh, Comsec, basically, um, is shares, and uh, I always like to, I think diversification's very wise, so having keeping Rabina and maybe the Bray Park properties uh, for reti- in retirement, if possible, um, would be very, I'd really like to do that. As you said, you've got some shares in a self-managed super fund. Tell us about your journey in the stock market. Where did you begin there? Okay. Um, well, about uh, oh, maybe oh, six, seven years ago, a little information can be dangerous. I, I, I love reading about shares and the whole, um, you know, the top stocks books that come out every year. And I opened up a Comsec account, just a personal one, and I started buying lots of uh the minimum was 500 even still is, I suppose, $500 in these, um, our tax accountant calls them, uh, what are they called, penny, um, <laughs> what's the that penny term? Stocks? It was a very, yeah, but very derogatory term about, um, he wasn't impressed when eventually we went to him with what I'd done because they're these little companies and mining was the big thing back then and I bought, like in, uh, won't mention any of them right now, but they're quite small, and some of them have gone down the drain. Others are starting to come back at the moment, but that was, and I probably put too much money into that, and I didn't get advice. So then we went to the financial advisor to the the lender who we went, built the houses with, and he suggested that we go into options trading for Macquarie Bank. So we put a, a chunk of money into that, and that really didn't, that was not a good idea. But then he also suggested a tax accountant in Newcastle that he recommended. We already had one, but the, the one we were going to basically was starting to say that we're getting too big for him. He was just the, basically saying, look, your properties, and it's getting a bit much for me. Um, at that time, we were also recommended uh, Tony, who... Um, we went to then, and he's now our tax agent, financial advisor. He suggested the self-managed super fund, and we looked into it, and we went ahead with that, and uh, that was a good decision. And um, he recommend he's quite a conservative uh, investor, and I'm more uh, what's the word a risk taker, or <laughs> a, a more tolerant of risk. Yep. And he still shakes his head that, like, I've got the, the basic stocks, the banks, of course, and, uh, you know, Wes Farmers and those. He says, you just need four or five or six of those that give great yield, but I'm more growth. So we have this discussion about yield or growth, and he is definitely into uh, yield, and I'm into growth. So we've got a bit of a compromise, and I've got quite a few in there that are more growth. Some of them have done very well, but... 
I take a longer-term view. And he said, if you've still got 10, 15 years until you retire, that's fine. But if you're only looking at less than five, you should be into just the yield stocks. So um, maybe in the future I'll sell all the others and then put them all into the yield so that we have... um, Because that's basically what you retire on, I suppose, your, your dividends. You've had quite a journey there particularly in the stock market. Have you picked up any mm. lessons along the way that you uh, get well, from the stock get market? Get advice. Get advice. Get good advice. Get advice and to stop and think, don't be impetuous. Sometimes I'd read about a company and then go on to a ComSec and buy $500 worth. But then, you know, uh, the mining boom finishes and um, different things happen. I think, oh, that was stupid. Why did I do that? <laughs> But I keep, I kept doing it. I'm, I'm sort of, um, I hate to admit it, but I sort of got a bit addicted, and um, I've really learnt uh, with Tony, our advisor, like a bit of restraint and um, really uh, think about it and get advice. That would be the main one. Don't like you can good. read. Like I love reading, and sometimes. Uh, uh, as I said, a little information can be dangerous yeah. to someone who, like me, is not really um, wise. You're an investing yeah, thrill seeker. <laughs> yes, I, I'm sort of. Th- I'm always positive. I'm always thinking, wow, if this company became what does Alan call these companies? A uh, pound um, that go up thousand percent or something, a bit like Bellamy's. Yeah, the Alan's ten baggers, twenty baggers. Yes, that's them. Yeah, that's it. No, You're looking I for a 10-bagger. Yeah, yeah, he says the only way to get a 10-bagger is not to sell a 5-bagger. You've got to right, know when to yes. hold and when to fold, I suppose. Yes, and I think Alan has also encouraged me quietly to um, look at some of the smaller stocks. So I've, I've, quite a few I've bought have been Alan's recommendations, but I've also I've learned to be more restrained oh, lately. That's good. And Robert, what's your retirement plan now? It sounds like you're in a reasonably good place with your properties and your shares. What's your retirement plan in five years, hopefully? Well, maybe less, I don't know. But uh, I've, we've been really uh, salary sacrificing to the max the last couple of years. Um, that was um, We have a line of credit account, and uh, Tony basically said we wanted to pay it off. My wife thought, um, oh, we should really get that down to basically zero. But Tony said... Well, that's um, if you put that extra money that you're earning uh, into shares, you can be getting eight percent roughly from the banks, and the yield from that is higher. So, put the extra money as salary sacrifice into our self-managed super fund, which is that's what we've been doing. But from July, of course, that will be reduced from thirty-five to twenty-five, twenty-seven. Um, but then he also said, well, each year we can then put a lump sum in, which is a bit, uh, yeah, that's quite good, I think. But yeah, hopefully um, the the uh, there won't be any big housing, as long as the houses are rented, that's the main thing. Even if their value doesn't go up like yeah, we were hoping, they're rented. Yeah, yeah well, if um, and even if the, price, the values do get up to what we spend on them, um, we'd then probably get rid of them because we won't be paying very much, if any, capital gains tax, and uh, we'll just keep a, maybe two. Well, that's my plan to keep maybe two as um, backup to our self-managed super fund. So yeah, so we love travelling. So and our children, our daughter in particular, could be 
working, uh, or either of them could be working anywhere in the world. So at one stage it looked like she would be working in France. But so we just realised that we've got to have, uh, we're going to have a decent retirement fund to be able to afford, you know, travelling at least once a year. Well, it sounds like you're so, always there. It sounds like you've got it well set up. Yeah, we just have to stick out our teaching for the next two, three years. And um, I said, oh, I want to, you know, it'd be good to retire in um, two, two or three years. He said, well, you can't, can only retire when you've got the money. So you set the goal and you just work till you've got it. So that's what we're, we're basically heads down, tails up. Yeah, just uh, look at the long-term goal and be patient. <laughs> Keep well, doing what we're doing. Yeah, I think so. It sounds good. Thanks, Robert. Thanks very much for sharing your investing experience with us. Oh, my pleasure, James. Thanks. Robert Wolford is a member of the Constant Investor community, and this is the theconstantinvestor.com.